You're listening to SpursCast, episode 587. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the SpursCast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. In this episode, Ben and I will discuss the latest developments for next season and the upcoming draft that is a little less than two weeks away. Let's get started. Ben, how are you doing? I am great, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, let's go ahead and dive right into this. Um, we do know that the, the draft is coming up, so Spurs Cast Sisters, when this episode go, goes up, it should be on Friday that you're listening to this, uh, and, and uh, we, Ben and I are recording this on November 5th. The draft is on November 18th on a Wednesday, so, so it is a little, just a little bit less than two weeks away. So before we get into the draft talk, Ben, um, I do want to first kind of catch up with what's going on with the NBA and where they stand for next season as far as, as it goes. So you and I are recording this on Thursday evening, November 5th. Um, right now, we, you know, this, the Players Union um, – could be having a meeting right now where they're determining whether or not to vote to, uh, to, to, to go along with the Board of Governors who want to start the season on December 22nd um, with the 72-game 72, 72 season. So, again, if, if you're listening to this and that decision already came out, it's because, again, we're recording this earlier than before they made a, um, a call on, on, that, uh, on that decision. Or, um, according to some other reporting, it, they could have their meeting on Friday morning. So, again, so we're kind of just waiting here to see um, what happens. So, the, basically, they're looking for a 72-game season um, that begins on December 22nd. Uh, according to, to an ESPN report from Adrian Wojnarowski, they put up sources say the team representatives are expected to approve this agreement. So again, they got they have to get the Board of Governors to approve it plus the Players Union. So right now it looks like both sides do want to uh, agree to this um, start for the season. I know there was some early pushback from the players a few weeks ago because they, um, you know, they didn't want it. For the teams like the Lakers and the Heat, who just finished the finals, literally like almost like a week or two ago, it feels like right. um, for them it's a lot, you know, to, to just have to jump right into training camp, which would start on December first. But um, you know, the NBA told them like, hey, if you all wait a month, because the players want to start on um, on mid January. Uh, that's that was their target date, but the the, the league told them, hey, if y'all want to start a month later, there's so much ramifications financially for it for the whole league, where they could lose literally like five million to about a billion dollars um, if they were to start later on in January. So so the players are accepting that and kind of um, understanding that yes, they they do need to probably start the season by December 22nd. So right now it looks like they they would um, go ahead through with that plan. So again, we're waiting to see if a decision gets reached by both sides on that. Uh, training camp would likely start, like I mentioned, December 1st. And then also free agency would, would probably begin just basically like a week after the draft, maybe Thanksgiving week is when we would start free agency, um, which is something Michael DeLeon and I talked about last week in detail. Uh, some other details, according to The Athletic, um, the, the cities that are allowing fans into sporting um, venues, uh, they may they, those NBA teams would let um, – um, the, the arena suites be filled um, up to 25 to 50% capacity, according to the athletic. Uh, there would probably be three to four preseason games um, in this new season, as well as in another playing tournament. You know, the NBA really liked that playing tournament. Uh, so Ben, let, uh, let me just get your thoughts on, on, you know, where, where right now the, the uh, decisions are, are, are being taken in terms of uh, starting a next season by December 22nd, most likely. So December 22nd scares me a little bit. I totally understand the financial implications. I get it. You want to, you want to get back as much money as you possibly can, like you said, between 500 mil and a billion dollars. That is not an insignificant amount of money. Totally understand that. Um, of course, I don't know any. I don't know what the implications are if they get their mid-January date. I always thought that starting on an MLK day and you 
you just load up the slate with five or six premier games on MLK Day and basically just let people sit on their butts and watch NBA basketball the entire day would be ideal. I think it would be a great tip-off to your season. But, uh, you know, college basketball is starting the day before Thanksgiving, so why shouldn't NBA start three days before Christmas? Um, you know, I, I, again, it's it scares me a little bit, but I get it. I, I think the players are going to end up doing it. And, yeah, Lakers and, and Heat and the teams that made deep playoff runs are going to be upset about it. But at the same time, you had all those teams who had no shot at the mm-hmm. playoffs, who didn't even go to the bubble, who are saying, okay, well, we've been off – you know, half a year, we got to, we want to run. We want to play games. We got to go. We, you know, there's only so much lifting and working out we can do. Let me get to training <laughs> camp. Yeah. So you have a great point there. I mean, teams like the Hawks, um, the teams that didn't get invited to the, to the bubble, they really like literally, if they were to start in January, that would almost be basically two months from a whole year that they hadn't played organized, you know, professional basketball in, in competitive settings. So that's a good point. Another point of, of why they want to start the NBA wants to start back, um, start, start early and not, not delay it is because, uh, if they finish, um, you know, by the, the last finals game, if it went to game seven, it would probably be July 22nd with this new format. If they did the option of starting in January, well, then that would go all the way to August. And they know that, um, you know, that's going to be competing with the Olympics if the Olympics happen, um, you know, next year, 2021. So this also gives the players the option of playing in the Olympics under coach pop, uh, some, some of the players. So that's another reason. And then also they do want to get back to, um, normalcy by, by, by the 21, 22 season, where if they can finish by July, their season, they, then they can have their off season in the summertime and then hopefully get back to October starts just like normal basketball. That's what they want to eventually get to. And hopefully, you know, the pandemic's doing a lot better by then, but by next a year, a year from now in October. So that's kind of where their mindset is. And that's why, you know, as much as the players some of the players don't like it on the teams that went deep into the playoffs you know the the, the other part the other players do you know want to get this started um uh, some other news just a minor news note uh that i saw in a newsletter uh, recently by mark stein of the new york times um he mentioned that will hardy um spurs assistant coach is being interviewed for the or he's being considered for the oklahoma city um thunder uh, coaching vacancy. And so I, I want to say this is um, Hardy's second, um, you know, interview uh, for, for a job. I forgot, I completely forgot what, what other um, gig he had, he was interviewed for uh, recently, him and Becky Hammond uh, before the, the position was filled. But anyway, uh, Hardy's name is out there again for another um, uh, head coaching um, position. What, do you have any thoughts on that, Ben? I want to say it might've been the Nets. Yeah, I think it was the Nets, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great for him. He's, I mean, he's a great coach. He's, he's proven himself. He's part of the Popovich tree and, Coaches who tend to be assistants under Popovich tend to do well at other teams. Mike Budenholzer, Brett Brown, uh, you know, there, of course, there are other ones. So, um, you know, great opportunity for him. And OKC is, I think, I think OKC is in really nice position right now. They can be competitive immediately, and even even with a new coach, I don't think it's a total rebuild. You have some nice pieces there. You have good veteran leadership right now. Uh, you, they just kind of have to put things together and get their act together in the draft and maybe sign a couple free agents here and there, of course. But, you know, he's not – he wouldn't be walking into a complete rebuild, which I think is ideal. So it, w- it would be good for him. And, you know, he could end up being one of those guys you, you – he goes out, he coaches somewhere else. If Pop eventually retires, maybe he comes back and he takes over kind of a dream job Spurs thing for him. But, of course, there's like five or six guys – or and or women in Becky Hammond's case who mm-hmm. could replace Popovich down the road. So there's, there's some competition there. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Hardy. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, OKC can go in a number of directions. They're already a competitive team as they're constructed with Chris Paul there. I know that Danilo Gallinari will be a free agent. So they can stay that, that competitive route or if they can try to move Paul, like there's been some, some rumors about maybe the Bucks try to get him if, uh, to, to, you know, really try to impress Giannis in, his, in, uh, you know, in, in this coming up coming season. Well, then they can go in a youth direction, you know, building around Shea Gildas Alexander, like the, the draft pick, like you mentioned, Ben, whoever they select. So, so yeah, so, so Hardy's name, you know, it just shows that again, like uh, he's starting to, to get his name out there more uh teams are, are more interested in him for their for their head coaching vacancies all right ben so let's so let's now get it uh jump into the draft here it is like i mentioned less than two weeks away uh so what i want to do is we want to go through a, a few different um areas uh, in our outline here um the first thing is i want to do is i just want to kind of get your, your thoughts on the latest mocks um i try to do as much research as i could um just just uh you know the most recent ones that i could it's really tough right now to find a lot of mocks they're not they're not putting them out um, um very publicly right now yes um, they have slowed down on those yeah Quite a bit. Like, I imagine uh, the the week before the draft, they're gonna final version, final yeah. edition. And I think that a lot of the teams, since they're like doing those 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 one on one workouts or those multi team workouts um, with with prospects, I think that's why they're maybe holding off. They're trying to see what what happens. Who are the teams inviting? You know, who who's who has interest to where? What kind of um, who's asking questions? So I think that's why maybe we'll start to see a jump. Like you mentioned, you know, as we're less than two weeks away, so we'll start to see more mocks come out. The, um, the so, only thing I've seen for certain is that Lamelo Ball is interviewing poorly, which is not a surprise to anybody who has watched the Ball family at all the last three or four years. Yeah. So, oh man. So I, mean, I didn't even see that, but I, I believe you. Yeah. Just the, the, the context that you brought that up. And um, so, yeah. So, so let's just go through a, a few of these um, sites that I found um, and, and kind of, I just want to get your thoughts on, um, on the, on the player that, that they have there and then maybe agree or disagree or what are your thoughts about where, where they're projecting for the Spurs. So again, these are, these are mostly for the 11th pick uh, for, for most of them. So first let's speak out the ringer um, their their um, latest mock had OB Toppin a six, nine big, um, there at the 11th spot. Um, what do you think about him uh, at, at 11? If, if Obi Toppin falls to 11, I, the ringer will look like some geniuses that they shouldn't. And I would be forever grateful because that is getting Obi Toppin at 11 would be just absolutely incredible. He is one of my favorite. He was one of my favorite players in college last year. He, he was on a Dayton team that only lost two games. And one of them was an overtime game to Kansas in Hawaii, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so I think him at 11 is – I don't think it's realistic. I think he's going top five. He's just too good of a player. But if he ends up at 11, love it. Spurs have to snatch that. Don't even let any time get off that clock. You, you put that pick in before somebody can steal it from you. Okay, so so there's Obi Toppin again, and you know I kind of want to go way more into detail about these. Like, you know, does he does he play in this? You know, what what position? I mean, what um in the rotation where who does he pass up? But again, I, I kind of want to wait till that discussion till after the actual draft, so we know who who that player is. Uh, let's go to um a player who I saw in, in two different places, um NBA draft draft net, and also the Stepien, um their eleventh best prospect. Uh, they both had James Wiseman seven one big, um there at at eleventh on on their on their areas. Um, what do you think about Wiseman if he's there at eleventh? If he's there at 11, that's another great pick. I mean, if, if he and Obi are available, are both available at 11 somehow, I would have a very hard time choosing between them. I, I'd, I'd probably side with Obi just because he's a little more of a known quantity. But, I mean, James Wiseman, 7'1", athletic, can run the floor. You don't really know what you have with him because he played three collegiate games, was suspended for 12, and then in the middle of his suspension he decided – no, I'm out. I'm just going to train for the draft. So he's been training for the draft. There's been a 
you know, there you get your few Instagram videos that pop up here and there. <laughs> he looks nice, and mm-hmm. you know what? What, what you know? What are you going to show on Instagram? You're going to show his lowlights. Nobody, nobody ever shows the lowlights, right? So it's it's hard to say, but he's a, he's a lefty, so I'm sure he's going to remind quite a few people of David Robinson with the height, with the size. He's got to put a little more weight on, but kid runs like a gazelle. He is very athletic. He's bouncy. He can make a difference on the defensive end immediately. So, so defensive end. Okay, that's what I was going to ask because I know that the Ringers' comps were um, Rasheed Wallace and, and Hassan Whiteside, which for, for me on an offensive perspective, I'm thinking, well, Rasheed was you know a pretty good three point shooter who could space the floor. But then you're mentioning more, um, you know, uh, you know, like 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 um, just like around the rim kind of player. So I think defensively is where they were seeing those those maybe those comparisons. Yes, and the comparisons are always funny to me because you you end up with two or three guys, and those two or three guys are really nothing like each other. You know, when Rasheed, you wouldn't compare Hassan Whiteside to yeah. Rasheed Wallace. So how do, how do those guys both come up in a comparison for someone else? That's why I was a little confused there. And I was like, okay, maybe they're looking at the defensive side. So, so I, I see what you're saying there. I'm more for the def- defensive area. Um, ESPN, again, like I mentioned, I can't really find out their latest mock draft. I, I, think, I think the last one I saw was like August. So what I did was they had something on their website where they say the best remaining players at, at, that, at that spot. So at 11th, they have Devin Vassell. What do you, I know you mentioned his name before. What do you think about Devin? Yeah, I've mentioned him a few times. Uh, FSU kid, he's a solid player. I like him. But he, if you if you follow me on Twitter, you know that uh, I got a hold. Well, I didn't personally get a hold. It was put out there into the ether of Twitter. But there was a video that surfaced of him shooting the ball. And he already cocked the ball kind of behind his head to shoot. And mm. it looked much worse in the new video in his workout. So a lot of people are kind of questioning you know, did he did he get worse as a shooter? And you know, the percentages speak for themselves. He was a, he was a fine three point shooter at Florida State, mm-hmm. but you know, if if you got a shot like that, you don't tweak it to make it look worse. You try and tweak the mechanics so it's smoother, quicker, and you know your shot looks better. But it doesn't look like he did that, so he concerns me in that regard. And he is pretty light as well. He's six seven, and he's not even two hundred pounds. Of course, that was the last time we had any measurements on him. He might have gained weight since the end of his season, which I would assume he has, but we don't know how much. So for me, it's kind of a scary pick right now. I, I don't feel comfortable with him at 11. I kind of hope somebody else reaches for him before the Spurs, somebody like the Knicks, I'm thinking. What is his range like right now, like in most projects or most mocks? Where do you where I, do they expect him to I go? think he's very much a lottery pick. I don't think he dips past 15 or 16. Okay, okay. And then um, the the uh, Sports Illustrated and the Athletic both had um, Patrick Williams there at 11th for the Spurs, um, 6'8 wing. Uh, what do you think about him if he was there at 11th? I've had quite a few discussions with the Twitter people on this one. <laughs> we all like Patrick Williams. He's uh, he's fairly raw, but he is the second youngest prospect in this draft, uh, the youngest collegiate prospect in this draft. So the upside is absolutely there. The ceiling is high on him. He's shown flashes here and there of what he can do, and it's it's hard to see what guys can do at Florida State because Coach Leonard Hamilton legitimately runs 10 guys deep. Every year, no matter who he has, he runs – there are 10 guys averaging 10 or more minutes a game. It's pretty wild, but that's what he does, and it works, and he's a great coach, and I despise him for it because he always beats Florida. But uh, Patrick Williams can defend. He should be able to spend two – to defend two or three positions. He can shoot the ball a bit. Um, 
not quite solid on his handle, but you know, you wouldn't really ask him to handle the ball that much. So it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, he can shoot at all three levels. He's pretty strong too, for a freshman, six, eight, two twenty-five. He's well built. So I, I like him a lot at that pick. I, he, he's one of my types um, in a, in a realistic mock draft board where Obi Toppin and James Wiseman go where they probably are supposed to go. I have Patrick Williams as a top three for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, so now, uh, so again, those are, those are some of the latest mocks where they stand. Again, we'll, we'll start probably by next week. We'll probably get, get some more uh, from different sites as well. Um, so now, Ben, what I want to do is uh, I've done just a quick, just a few different research notes here. I've, I've found some players that the Spurs have reportedly worked out or uh, met with at least, you know, communicated with. So I just want to go through so a, few, a few of these names. And a lot of these players are actually uh, supposed, a few of them are supposed to go pretty, pretty high. Um, not high, but, um, you know, low, right, top, top five type picks, top picks. Um, the first player is uh, Onyeka Okongwu. Um, per Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report, um, he, he mentioned that the Spurs, I think, either worked him out or, 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 or um, or spoke with him. So again, he's he's mocked right now in the ringer to go up third in the draft. Uh, what do you think about Okongu? Love his game. He, if you ever get the chance to stay up and watch Pac-12 after dark, he was a guy you had to watch. He was super fun. Six uh, nine, but when he's out there, he looks like he's six eleven or seven feet tall. He's just so long, and he's athletic. He's bouncy. He's another guy who can make a difference for you immediately on the defensive end. He has a burgeoning offensive game. He, he can step out and shoot it in mid-range a little bit. Uh, but he's he's just a guy who I really like, and I honestly do not think he would end up going 11. So that's a guy you're looking at if you're possibly moving up, I think. Okay, so that's what I was saying. So, so like, so, so like Okongu, if the Spurs were to go after him, if and you know, he's most likely that's a trade up, right? Where they're where they're trying to, to move up in the draft. Unless some, unless. Teams just know something about him, like his health or something that we don't know, and he's going to fall for some reason, then yes, you're trading up for him. Okay. Uh, the next player, we, we already discussed him, Patrick Williams. Now, so, so you mentioned them, that you really like him as, as in one of your top three picks if he's there for a little 11 for the Spurs. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, also the Spurs have actually either worked him out or, or spoken with him, according to uh, Jake Weingarten of StockRisers.com. Uh, he, he is mocked to go in that range about 12th, they say, uh, according to the ringer. So, so my um, – so, so yeah, so, so you, you agree. So I, I think here's a, here's a question though. Um, one thing I, I've noticed over the years with drafts with the Spurs is the player that they usually work out that we get reported that they worked out, they usually don't take that player. So <laughs> that's the one thing about that. The, the, yeah. But it's a little bit different though, because they don't have that many workouts because of the pandemic. These are very, very secure. I mean like very, very, um, um yes. Everybody is being workout. pretty tight lipped yes. about it. You have to be very specific about who you're working out right now because you don't have that, 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 you know, that, 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 that ability to right, work you on can't multiple. just bring in five guys at a time, roll out exactly. a ball, and say we're going to play so, so, what does that tell you that that the Spurs actually have either worked him out or spoken to him? Um, what does that tell you right now? They they value him. They, you know, they clearly they wanted a better idea of what he can do, and you know how he might look on a court with their guys. You know, not, I don't I don't know if he, I assume he didn't actually work out with any of the Spurs guys, but um, or, or any of the other players. But mm-hmm. you know they you can usually get a feel for how he might fit with some of your guys. Um, so for me, that that's a hint in this, in this year's draft, any other year you'd be like, ah, okay, just another guy that worked out, you know, they're working out dudes all the time this year, obviously not the case. So I, I think it's, it's certainly a hint. It's certainly something to keep an eye on and it's not nothing. Yeah, for sure. Like Nick, in most years, again, like whenever I see it, the Spurs worked out this guy, they usually don't take that guy later on on draft night. So, so that is interesting. Again, that um, 
that, that they have worked him out or, or spoken with mm-hmm. him. And, and like Ben said, he's, he's a really good fit there at the 11th spot if he's there. Uh, the, last, the last player uh, that, that I've seen reports on um, that the Spurs have either worked out or um, one reporter says that they talked to him, they spoke with him. The other, another reporter says that they actually worked him out. Uh, this is Denny uh, of, 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 of Deja. Um, for, according to the athletic and Chris Granham um, of, of Forbes, uh, uh, you know he's supposed to, he's another t- guy who sh- who could go in the top five. Uh, what do you think about that? The fact that uh, you know the reports that the Spurs have either worked him out or spoken with him. Yeah, and I think it's another classic case of them scouting overseas as well. They're doing some due diligence, and like you said, a guy is probably going top five. So you know, a, a possible hint at what they might be thinking about doing. They might be thinking about trying to move up. Um, I would say if you're going to move up in this draft, though, don't give up too much. These these picks aren't worth it. You know, if you're you're not you don't need to give up this year and a future first. Absolutely not. I mean, you can give you should. It, it could be the 11th pick, and you know, s- someone who doesn't have that much of a who has a you know a medium sized contract maybe. And if you get Avdija, but the thing with Avdija is yes, he's looked good. He, he's he's seen limited minutes though he's also he's also playing in a league that is not one of the top tier leagues overseas so it's hard it's kind of hard to say you know how he's playing against that competition okay so um let me just mark that because it was last name i couldn't even pronounce (laughs) abdija good job thank you for letting me know that i notated that um so so yeah so again like like if they were to draft him it's most likely they traded up right They, they they moved up just to get him uh, in, in a draft. So, okay. So, so again, those are some players that, that, they, that I've got, I've seen some reporting on that they've, that they've been working out. Um, by next week's episode, we'll probably have some more reports of other players that have either spoken with them or, or worked out with the Spurs. So, so we'll have some other prospects to look at there. So Ben, um, were there any other first round, just talking about the 11th pick right now, the first round, are there any other players that you're interested in or, or, or maybe you think would be a good fit that we didn't address here, just here in this, these first few players today? Yeah, there's a few guys. If, okay. uh, if Isaac Okoro, Okay. I've been seeing Steam pick up on him recently. If he somehow falls to 11, people are saying, oh, he's turning out to be one of those guys. That would be a perfect Spurs pick. <laughs> he would be perfect for their development program. Um, you know, it's like Dr. Evil Pinky to the mouth over here. One million dollars, you know. <laughs> um, it's like real diabolical. So, so right now he's uh, just falling is what you're saying in, in most of the mocks is that is- – or, a little bit, but I don't think he's going to fall enough to go to 11. Okay, okay. Um, one, I'm looking at Tankathon right now, and they've got him down to seven from five. Um, so something to consider. But a couple other guys I'm looking at are Aaron Neesmith, three and three three ball shooter, professional three ball shooter, I should say. Okay. okay. Um, if you I remember chance, we talked about him here on the Spurs cast. You, yes, you on I was going to say if you get a chance, look at his three point shooting percentage and his volume. He was shooting high percentages and not just on three threes a game. He's taking like, I think almost 10 threes a game. But uh, another guy to keep an eye on is Sadiq Bey. Had a big debate between Sadiq Bey and Patrick Williams on the timeline. So I know some <laughs> Spurs fans appreciated that banter. Um, and then I know, happen to know a couple people, uh, Vicky Vicks in particular likes Precious Achua. Okay, okay, Precious. I think he's a bit of a reach at 11 personally, but I wouldn't hate the pick. I think he's a great kid. I think he's got an amazing motor, and he's just, he's just one of those hard-nosed, tough kids, and he's, he's got a body. His, NBA, his body is NBA-ready as well, so you wouldn't have to do much work there. 
Okay, so those are the players that, that you're also interested in 11th there? Okay, players. Okay, so so what I'll do is next week when we when we, when we um, discuss, you know, the latest uh, on the draft, I want to see if maybe this person works some of these players out or, or you know, or where you're seeing uh, or, or see any kind of momentum with, with those players. So, okay, so those are some other players. Uh, they're at the 11 spot Spurs cast listeners. According to Ben that he's also watching or, or he thinks that would be good fits for the Spurs there at 11. Um, so, yeah, so, so again, we, I just want to focus more so on the first round for this, for this episode today, just looking again where the mocks stand as of right now, two weeks out. Uh, where who are some players the Spurs spoken with, and also some players that Ben thinks would be the best fits there. So, so next week, Ben, uh, we'll, we'll update this list and see, you know, what other play, where do the mocks say now? We'll also see, um, you know, who who else have they worked out, and then also maybe your mind has changed. Maybe you, maybe you've seen somebody fall or rise, or you think maybe they could get that eleventh, uh, be there at eleventh. So, so we'll kind of update next week, and also next week, I want to spend a portion um, really focusing on the second round as well. I want to really see where the mocks say and what you think about that. Uh, who, who you think the Spurs would be good fits for the, for the Spurs as well? Yeah, and then of course, well, the following would would be the draft official draft hallelujah yeah so it's funny i remember uh when i had you on a few months it's so, it's so crazy whenever we say i had you on a few months ago because it literally was months ago like uh, <laughs> i think it was like in august or something and um and i remember like the draft was supposed to happen like in, in in october i think it was october 18th and then and then i had warned you i was like hey i'm here reporting that like they're gonna move it to november and you're all like, no way like you were just like yeah when i told you that and then it ended up <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was a bit upset yeah and you were like no way that's gonna have really up and then so then yeah it did end up getting i think me. i think the next day they made it official and i was just i was so angry well, for me, like I, I, I literally spent an entire episode pretty much with Mike, my, with Mike last week, um, just talking about this new season in December. We like really went in detail. It's first guesses. So if you heard that episode, you, you understand what we're talking about here. But then, like the next day, I got so we started getting reporting from that the players are pushing back. They don't want to start so early, and I was like, oh my! Like we just spent like an hour talking about that stuff, and then all of a sudden now they don't, they, nobody wants to get. So I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. It's just crazy right now just to to make a schedule during these times. All right, so Ben, um, before we close know, out this episode, let's just go through a few few quick reminders for Spurs Cast listeners. Uh, make sure you're checking, you're visiting projectspurs.com um, over on Project Spurs Jonas Clark wrote his most recent piece called Deci- Decision 2020 um, NBA G League Season in Jeopardy uh, so make sure you read that piece by Jonas and then Ben your latest prospect watch uh, is on Emmanuel Quickly uh, can you please give the, the listeners just a, some quick little preview of that yes his he he is much of what his last name implies uh, he is not slow <laughs> But uh, no, he's he's a he's another guard from Kentucky. You know they churn out really good guards. We've got Keldon Johnson from Kentucky, so uh, Spurs have a good relationship with them. You would imagine um, Manuel quickly a guy who shoots it really well. He's kind of a combo guard, although you really shouldn't expect him to run an offense, and so that makes him a little undersized to be a shooting guard at six three. He's kind of in that in that no man's land there, but he shoots the ball very well. He got he got better toward the end of the season. He actually earned SEC Player of the Year award. He got to the free throw line a pretty decent amount. I think it was five times a game, and he shoots it incredibly well from the free throw line. So you should expect him to be able to shoot it well elsewhere on the floor. I think he shot over ninety percent from the free throw line. So you know he's a legit shooter, and. Uh, his defense could use a little work. He can get caught off guard sometimes, but for the most part, he he, he works hard. He's he's trying on defense, which you know, you, if you have to ask that of a player, you know you're in trouble. Looking at you, Brent Forbes. Um, but uh, he, he's, I mean, he's again, he's just an energetic guard out of Kentucky. They just churn him out. They know how to make tough smart guards and he is one of those guys 
Uh, yeah, and you know, right now this is a little bit off topic, um, but I wanted to ask you, what did you think about Keldon's play in, in the um, in the bubble? Like the fact, you know, from from what you saw from him in college and what he kind of what we kind of showed us in those eight games. What, what were you, what were you, some of your takeaways? What was he, was, Go ahead. he was great in the bubble. Mm-hmm. I have to say, he was. That is that is like when you saw him play in college. That's what you thought he could do. That's what you wanted to see him do at the next level, and. Kentucky's always going to be a little different because they, they're always bringing in so many five-star guys and so many high-level guys that they're saying, all right, you know, like, yes, we want to develop you for the NBA, but at the same time, we want to win games. So we're going to, you know, we're going to ask you to sacrifice parts of your game in order for this team to play better. And so you, you don't always see everything that a Kentucky player is able to do, but he had some flashes here and there at Kentucky and he showed a lot more of that in the bubble. So I was I was super happy for him because I thought I thought of him going at twenty nine was a disservice to him. I thought he was I thought he was going to go by nineteen, well, and then I he drops again to twenty nine. So, wow. I, I mean, it sucks, but I was happy for him because I I was kind of saying, okay, he's going to develop in Austin for mm-hmm. a year. We'll see what happens. I think he's going to get it right. He has he he's also a special kid in that he just has the right attitude. He just says, yeah, you know, I don't. You know, I don't care what I do. I, I'm going to control the things I can control, and I'm going to find ways to contribute to a team win. And that's what I loved about him so much, and the fact that he was always getting after it on the defensive end too. Yes, that's one thing. You know, that was one thing I definitely know. I mean, man, you just made me, you just made me like realize that like wow, he was the one taking a 29, not Luca. For some reason, like I've, I've just under, you yeah, because the way he played, I was just thinking that he was the guy who was taking first. I was like, wow, no, you just reminded me that he was. 29. I was yeah, I was ecstatic they got him at 20 after after they picked Luca at 19. I was a little upset. I was like, oh no, I think they could have gotten him at 29, and now we're going to miss out on Keldon, who I like, and and. You know, ten picks later, I'm like, oh shit, he's still on the board. And then um, they grab him. I was ecstatic. Do you feel like um, so? Like one thing I noticed was that, like, you, like, I, like you mentioned, you know, defensively, you can just see it. You know, immediately, that's what he's known for. That's why he's getting minutes under Pop. That's why Pop's starting to trust him with some minutes in a role. Uh, you know, that's what I noticed there, even before the bubble, even before the pandemic started. But one thing I wanted to ask you on offense, like, is he like, does he have like a clean slate in terms of? I noticed that in the bubble specifically, because I watched a lot of film on him, he did he did a lot of his scoring. He had like twenty point nights, just doing a lot of read and react, where he would catch the ball after somebody drives in, they pass it to him in the corner. He either shoots a three or he drives in and and, and scores or gets the free throw line or um or uh, kicks out to a teammate or in the fast break he would you know he grab a defensive rebound and kind of just read the floor and then, and then take off downhill if he, if he had the lane there. So I, w- I want to ask you, is is that open for him in terms of does he have like a clean slate offensively where they can start adding in like or like running, learning how to run the pick and roll, learning how to initiate in the half court? Is that still like that, that's a possibility for him? What, what do you, what do you think about that? Comparing considering that I, you I would say so if 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 they want to make him the handler in the pick and roll, yeah, I think in the in the future, mm-hmm. he's um. Like you said, he, yeah, he's very much a clean slate on offense. You can kind of mold him how you want. Yeah, that's what I meant, like mold. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't think he really has any bad habits or any mm-hmm. like really bad habits anyway. You know, these guys, he has to learn some. You have to learn some things. Just you know, getting up to the next level at the NBA. That's there's always going to be a learning curve there. But I mean, for the most part, if he can tighten up his handles, if he can. You know, if he's willing to work, I don't see why he couldn't be able to kind of play one and two when they need him to. And, of course, maybe a little bit of three when they go small. But he's just, again, he's just a guy who's, who wants to put in the work and he's willing to do whatever it takes to win games. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I feel like his slate is kind of like in the half court we're talking about here. We're like, maybe this coming season, you can start letting him run a few pick and rolls. The following season, you know, just adding little things to his offense in the half court. And I think that they could really just mold him into a, a different type of player offensively, even though he's already known for his defense. And like I mentioned, a lot of his his uh, his, his creation was made off the, the read and react type of offense, uh, where he was more like a second or third option uh, when they were getting him the ball. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens to Keldon. Uh, again, I just wanted to ask you that because, uh, you know, you, you did co- see him in college and cover him and, and, and things like that and, and know more about his game uh from that perspective um all right thanks again ben for joining me here on spurs on the spurs cast and also to michael DeLeon for mixing and producing this episode um uh, again um you know i'm hoping to have you on next week and then also the week of the draft that way you know it's coming up so this is ben's time right here he's been by the way where i shine baby we got to give ben a shout out because i mean during the pandemic and everything when there's no basketball he's the one who continues to continue um writing those prospect watches so he's got he's got a lot of players there again check out projectspurs.com uh check out his prospect watches uh, he's continuing to deliver there uh, and providing those um, uh, prospect watches uh, for for the readers, for Project Spurs, uh, you know, you know, also listeners, you know, of the Spurs cast. So, so make sure you're checking out his work there. All right, thanks, Ben, for for joining me. Uh, also, for for all of you um, out there listening, uh, make sure you uh, stay safe and have a great day.